Welcome back to Reply Guys, the leftist feminist comedy podcast for the rest of us. I am Kate Willett. And I am Julia Clare. First of all, before we get into the news of the week, I want to say that I'm going to be at Caroline's on Broadway in New York on March 15th. So that's Tuesday. If you live in the New York area, that's that's another chance to see my uh my new hour and i'm very stoked and um i would love to to see you there um thank you so much to the people that came out to the union hall show and uh yeah we got some uh, major 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 updates here uh grimes grimes the show well first of all i want to say that like kate's new hour is so good so thank if you, you haven't seen it it like I was really I I laughed so much. Uh, I was at the Union Hall show as well. Um, yeah, and it's so good. So I really recommend if you are in the area to check it out. Um, but yeah, okay. So Grimes has had a really big news week. Um, it was revealed that Grimes had yet another baby with Elon Musk, as as one does. Just having babies sometimes. They had a, they had the baby with a surrogate, so Grimes was not pregnant in this interest. In this instance, I mean, easier to hide the hide the baby, secret baby. Still, I just I I love Grimes's music so much, and it's just it's becoming very hard for me to square any sort of defense of her because I think that she is cyber pilled yeah i mean i'm did you, you heard the latest news i'm assuming yeah that she well okay i i actually heard that um the the news that kate's referring to is that she's dating chelsea manning uh she's no longer with elon musk and she is now dating chelsea manning uh and yeah i actually heard that a few nights ago because someone i know works at like a news gossip website and they got it as a blind item earlier in the week so but i was just like oh my god well at first i was like well i hope chelsea manning will help grimes's politics and then i was like i actually really don't know that much about what chelsea manning chelsea manning's politics are apart from uh security and like foreign policy stuff vaguely and now I'm worried that they're just going to be this like crypto cyber cyber dystopia power duo. You know, I I'm actually very excited for Grimes and Chelsea Manning for two reasons. One, because um, it's validating to know that my family was right reading Marx will turn you gay um yep. that it happened to me in college and it's and honestly to now. 
It happens to the best of us. Yeah. And uh, the second reason that I'm excited about this is, you know, I think that people just sometimes people fuck their reply guys. And, you know, once they decide to turn it around, I, for one, believe that we should just put the past behind them and uh, welcome them back into society. (laughs) It's just, you know, sometimes you slip and fall on a reply guy it happens right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we have to be able to move on i believe in forgiveness <laughs> it's true yeah i believe in uh i believe in redemption restorative justice and to me you know i mean look she's clearly embarrassed of it she didn't admit to the second baby with elon you know she's trying to keep that shit a secret i Do you mean, know how it but, came out but they <laughs> I don't know how it came out, but I also think that if you went to such lengths to have a baby, another baby with Elon Musk via surrogacy, that involves so much forethought and planning and intention that this second baby is, I think, has put Grimes uh, beyond the pale for me. Uh, it's a, The second baby was a real, like, fool me once, shame on, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I feel I feel duped. Did you hear the story of how the second baby was revealed? No. Okay, so the second baby Grimes was being interviewed at home and the reporter was downstairs and the baby started crying and the reporter was just like, is that another baby? And I guess they were trying to hide the baby upstairs from the reporter uh and the reporter caught winds now it could be like a limited hangout type situation where they secretly wanted the reporter to discover the baby i think that has to be it because if you really didn't want a reporter to discover your newborn baby i don't think that you would invite them into your home I yes. think you would be like, you would be like, let's go to a different location. But think about how dumb Grimes is. That's true. She thinks that we will all have, we will all survive uh, with money that we'll earn from online gaming. That's true. This is not, she's a really talented person, but she's not a smart person. <laughs> I know. Isn't that so interesting? <laughs> that she's yeah. like, she truly is like something of a musical genius uh she like produced all of her own records like the early ones were totally her and she is i'm just like how 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 i mean people contain multitudes i get it so beyond uh grimes you know who's a a perennial topic on this podcast and i think we'll stay a perennial topic on this podcast it is i've been personally feeling pretty weird about uh the the vibes (laughs) online and just out there in general specifically about like all the weird phobia towards like regular Russians that have nothing to do with Vladimir Putin like even people who are in the United States presumably because they didn't want to live in Russia anymore for one reason or another you know like Russophobia is back yeah it's just really strange I mean and it's like obviously this is a many dimensional thing because you know I mean like you got all the old cold war stuff we got all the people who are still pretty mad about Hillary Clinton's loss, but, you know, there was a piece in the New York Times that, like, 
you know, Russian restaurants um, are like losing a lot of money. People aren't going anymore. And like a lot of them are even owned by Ukrainian people. So it's like, you know, people are not hurting the folks that they want to be hurting. But like Russian cats were banned. Russian born cats were banned from no. the, like the International Cat F Federation competitions or something. You can't be hurting little cats. Um, there was like a we I mean, we on this podcast, I think if we've proven ourselves to be allies of any creature, it is cats. Yeah, it's um we are firmly against any measures being taken against cats. We saw like a, a Russian soprano let go from the Met. We saw like uh, there was like a, a Russian pianist who was let go, I think, from the SF Symp Symphony. And it's like, I'm just, you know, the vibe is getting definitely notes of the post 9-11 uh, world. And I, I don't want to compare because I know that the like, surveillance and harassment violence arrest that like muslim people experienced in the wake of 9 11 was uniquely horrible um yeah as a time in our history and it's still it's still going on like a lot of those surveillance programs just absolutely never stopped and um you know it's just uh it, it's it's fucked up but you know i think that it's like very sick and weird when we as a culture get into this weird like scapegoating stuff or people that just really truly have nothing to do with the actions of the Russian government. I mean, certainly Americans would not want to be held accountable for the actions of their government abroad, you know? Certainly not. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, just like, I, I mean, next week we're going to do a, a whole episode on war propaganda, which I, I had a really interesting conversation with Adam Johnson from Citations Needed, and he's really an expert on this stuff, so I won't get into it too much. But, you know, just in general, um, I find it to be a very, I, I don't know, like the, the degree to which like consensus is reached so easily for things that people just really would not have supported like a few weeks ago like i saw that uh meta formerly the artist formerly known as facebook has now made it uh, like it's they've changed their policy to allow for um people in certain countries to call for call death, for violence to call for violence and death of putin and also russian soldiers and on the one hand it's like yeah, you know, I mean, it is, I, I just, I think, like, it feels like, one, a very cynical move, because Facebook was, at least to some degree, responsible for the genocide in Myanmar. But it's also, like, really, I don't think a good idea to give these corporations carte blanche to decide on a case-by-case -case basis whose death it's cool to call for we don't really want i mean they, i don't want to say we don't want meta to have that power but i mean there's you know they already did have that power you know in their exercise they're right already now, but it's bad that they have that power yeah they already have so much power yeah they are i mean they're already influencing 
what happens domestically and abroad in like a major scale. Yeah. So. I don't know. It just it just feels it's it's a really 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 dark timeline and you know got into this more on the episode that that we'll do next week but you know just I, I think that the points that people are raising about you know the US's involvement um in Yemen I mean involvement is, is so such a a shitty phrase actually like US arming the the Saudi government and and, and, and contributing to the, the death and starvation of people in, mm. in Yemen, in Syria, um, you know, and just like all the other horrible things that the U.S. has done abroad, you know, when people bring that up, it's, it's being dismissed largely as whataboutism. And no, it's actually good to try to be morally consistent. Like if something yeah. about the situation in Ukraine has awoken people to a level of empathy that they did not previously experience, um, you know, either because of <laughs> either because they're kind of racist or because of like the immense amounts of propaganda that's happening in the media's coverage of Ukraine. Um, and that's the kinds of sympathetic stories that are being told deservedly so, but I'm just yeah. saying we don't, we don't see the same for people in, in Syria. Like that, it's actually good for people to think more critically about what the U.S. is doing abroad, and it's um, very achy, I think, to see liberals try to shut that discussion down. Totally. Anyway, totally agree. Tell us about the interview this week. Well, I'm very excited about this week's interview. Um, we have a return guest, Lyra Forrest, uh, and. She came on, you folks may remember her from uh, the, the episode. Earth's we, episode. The, yeah, the turfs and uh, earths, sorry, earths, not turfs, but the we will swerfs, get to turfs, swerfs, yeah. earths. Anyways, she talked about what, the last time she was on, She we, we talked a lot about um, sex work and Sesta Fosta. And this time I wanted to talk to her about uh something that we have we've continued to to cover in the weeks since it came down which is um the larger implications of the directive in texas uh that constitute um persons under 18 receiving gender affirming care to be quote-unquote child abuse um and lyra was really centrally instrumental it was her idea more or less uh to create what became the trans family network um and it started off just as a as a google doc a google form um for people to be connected with resources um where they couldn't otherwise receive them and now it's a full-fledged website um and it's just really cool and we also i mean it's really cool but obviously in the absolute worst of circumstances it's the you know it's the fact that something like this even had to be created is horrific but i'm just so supremely glad that there are people like lyra uh, and everyone who created the Trans Family Network, um, you know, who are fucking walking the walk. 
I'm very excited to hear this interview. Love Lyra. She's so awesome. She's also, the best. Incredible hair. Pink. Ugh. Yeah. She's she's so cool. Anyways, I just want to hang out with her. But um yeah, I uh I think you guys will really like this interview and um Again, as we always say, please rate and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts. If you haven't, it really helps people find our show. And uh, if you want to throw us a few dollars for extra content, um, we we do have a Patreon uh, that is always linked. And we would really appreciate your support. And we so appreciate the support of all of our patrons um but yeah let you know let's get into the interview hello and welcome back to reply guys i am so excited uh to introduce our guest for today she is a repeat guest you might ha uh, remember her from um an episode that we did where kate um did an interview about uh, sex work rights and Sesta Fosta. Uh, Lyra Foster, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm very honored and I'm glad I've gotten to talk to both of y'all now because I'm a, a big fan. Well, thank you. We're, we're big fans of you. I, um, you know, the last few weeks have been such a whirlwind, both in you know, international foreign policy news and also things that are going on here domestically. Um, but we, you know, Kate and I both knew that we wanted to have someone come on and talk about where things stand and where we can move forward um, in terms of helping trans kids. Um, you know, we, we talked about uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott's directive on the show um, that has now kind of really started going into effect, uh, forbidding, you know, legally prohibiting um, persons under the age of 18 from um, receiving any help transitioning medical um, particularly medical procedures and kind of criminalizing parents who have supported their um, their kids under 18 who want to transition and kind of just like how devastating that that is and what a kind of sad commentary on <laughs> yeah on the state of conservative politics that is but i but you know we we plan to talk to to quite a few people about about topics like this um you know we won't ask you to speak for the entire trans community of course um but you know i i would like to know what was it like in your immediate trans circles when that directive uh came about um we we had all been paying attention to the the bills and everything and i'm I, I guess i'm one of the bigger trans accounts um just as far as like people who are uh minorly famous for nothing except being trans and um, <laughs> um worst the worst things to be famous for uh, that's that's true that's true um <laughs> 
I, I, I make a much better semi-famous trans woman than mediocre guy for sure. <laughs> um, but um, we, you know, it's kind of funny because like for years, even though I was involved, like, uh, you know, I, I am involved in social justice law in, in like a pro bono capacity. Um, and I would, you know, be around election time tweeting vote all that kind of shit. But the, um, uh, it wasn't until my account got to a certain size that it just became like anytime there was anything on the state level, anything people need to be calling their, um, you know, their their legislators about. Um, I I just had a bit like a big enough account that I sort of had a, a duty to communicate all of that. Mm -hmm. And so it became um, something where, uh, sorry, cat noises. Um, Again, uh, we we love, we <laughs> welcome them. They are a part of pretty much every episode. Kate and I have three cats between us. There's always a cat in in play. Fantastic. Go um, on. <laughs> uh, but um, so I just became somebody that like, and I started to gain a lot more followers um, from tweeting trans news and talking about the fact that there were these these bills out there. Um, obviously, like my private practice is all kind of like big firm. You know, the clients are, are gazillionaires and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not um, it social justice is not involved at all. Um, I, I do take on a lot of pro bono work and um, it's relatively like high profile cases and issues. But one thing to, uh, I definitely need to emphasize is that, you know, I'm not my account is not big because I'm uh, like Chase Strangio or one of these one of the like real litigators of these civil rights issues. Right. Um, so to be clear on that up the up front that 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 uh my my being a lawyer is almost kind of coincidental um mm. to all this stuff although it's it, it definitely has helped um but my you know account had just kind of gotten uh bigger and i know that the the biggest for months and months um trans people have been talking about the fact that this never gets news coverage. You know, it's never talked about. Finally, the don't say gay bill got some coverage because it included all LGBT stuff and not right. just the T. Um, so we were always amplifying these like legislative attacks and they are almost always legislative. Um, when this happened with the attorney general's um, uh, advisory opinion and then the, the governor of Texas's Sorry, the Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, uh, indicted <laughs> probable felon, mm -hmm. um, and uh, then uh, the Governor Greg Abbott um, essentially reclassifying all affirming care uh, for um, trans kids for anyone under eighteen as uh, as child abuse. Right, um, and that actually that finally did get coverage. And the reason that it did, and also the reason that there was such a panic, like I think that most of the time with these legislative attacks, trans people are quick to amplify them 
be depressed about them. Um, but we've, we've gotten kind of used to it at this point. Um, the difference is that when a legislature passes a law, it, there's going to be uh, an amount of time before it goes into effect. It doesn't go into effect immediately. Mm -hmm. That's when you have like the ACLU, Lambda Legal, these other organizations, they'll file for uh, an injunction, you know, and the law won't, won't go into effect until it can be decided at whatever federal court level that it is, uh, you know, that it's unconstitutional or constitutional. And so even if the law is upheld, um, it usually, there are months to prepare for how it's going to go into effect. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there was a significant amount of time, for instance, with the abortion law in Texas right. for people to be preparing and understanding what was going to happen. In this case, the, the definition was changed overnight of a law already in effect. Right. And so, I mean, so the initial reaction was just terror. Um, right. Because it was, it would go into effect more or less immediately. Right. Um, it, because what the, what the advisory opinion did was change how that law, how the, the law itself, like, in terms of the statute doesn't say anything about transgender anything it just is like your basic child abuse laws and right. and uh cps type proceedings right and, and and the language that governor abbott used in his directive was like oh these are you know this already um constitutes child abuse under our existing laws which he's kind of like isn't true he's really like retrofitting these child abuse laws to align with his anti-trans docket right and it's so outrageous now the part of the reason that this happened is that um texas has weird they only have a legislative session every two years <laughs> um and yeah small government rah rah um <laughs> Which is, and, I mean, Texas is literally the size of France. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that would, imagine if France had a legislative session every two years. It's it is variance. Although there's all kinds of workarounds for it too. So somebody, you know, somebody listening to this would who who knew would be like, well, but they have all these emergency sessions, and also because of like all these procedural bullshit, the the, mm -hmm. the sessions will take like ungodly amounts of time. But, um. Anyway, all these states were passing. There's literally no other reason that they did it now, except that they didn't have a legislative session and these other states were getting to get the press for the anti, their anti-trans laws and Texas couldn't pass any because the legislature wasn't in session. Um, so, uh, and I'm from Austin um, and as soon as this happened, I started reaching out to lawyers that I knew there. Um, in particularly, I, in particular, I know a couple of family attorneys there, mm -hmm. so I knew that was going to be important. Um, and yeah, there was just a lot of like shock and terror, but also because this thing was so outrageous, because it didn't really talk about how it could be enforced. There was an assumption that I I don't know where it originated from and don't want to blame anybody for, but 
Well, a lot of parent, a lot of the parents of trans kids got in touch with me because I have more followers than some of these like nonprofits and stuff. Yeah. And of course I'm would always be like, no, like I'm, I am, I have that many followers because of stupid Lord of the Rings jokes. Like I, you know, talk to these people and the impression, what I was being told was that they were being told by lawyers at some of these like organizations that it probably wasn't enforceable, probably wouldn't really go into effect. So there was the first like day or two of trans community online reacting with horror than a couple days of, um, uh, well, this is more symbolic than anything else. So, um, you know, but still it's awful and it shows like how, how willing they are to target us. Uh, and then of course that was, so that was two weeks ago that was all going on. And then last week was when word started getting out that the first CPS investigations were happening. Um, yeah, sorry. And I, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm, I'm agreeing. I, yeah, the CPS investigations, uh, started and then there were a number of, um, healthcare centers in Texas, uh, that, have begun officially refusing um gender affirming care right yeah and um you know which of course they would and it's very similar to what happened with um the abortion law right that um even if it kind of sort of you know like even if no one's sure about the enforcement they're always going to err on the side of not getting sued and and you know not being uh, in some cases having criminal liability mm-hmm. um so so even you know it's still we are a long time away from seeing whether or not any of these investigations actually result in proceedings to remove a child or uh you know whether they would actually um uh in like bring criminal charges and in fact like uh one of the families that I've talked to that was contacted by CPS already um, said that the impression that the CPS per, like gave them was just that they're like, for now, this trans families are just on the radar of um, of um, the, of CPS or it's a and it's. I, I don't ex- know exactly the hierarchy in Texas. I think I think they still have something called CP, uh, CPS, but it's the Department of Family and Protective Services yes. and CPS. Yeah, within that, I, I mean, yeah, we can like as a colloquialism, we can just use CPS as like kind of a catch. Because that's term, what the it, yeah, because that's what it is. Um, and so like it, it's still possible that nothing really will come of this. But uh, on the other hand. Two weeks ago, people were saying it would it would likely not be enforced or investigated at all. And that turned out not to be true. So I think at this point, everybody's sort of expecting the worst. Yeah. And we do have every reason to expect the worst um, because, you know, if we're using the abortion bans as any sort of indication, this is not an empty threat. These people um you know really put their money where their mouths are uh unfortunately in terms of these like 
you know, it's not just for show. They really, they, well, it is for show, but it's also like they want it. They want to see this be punitive and not just symbolic. Um, and that's, you know, it is like the cruelty is the point. That's, that's what we all, what we all keep coming back to. Um, and it is, it is horrifying because for so many reasons, um, because as always, just like with the abortion bans, the people who would be, who will be the most adversely affected by this are the ones with the fewest resources and many of whom are not white. Um, probably none of whom are, have the means to, you know, hire a lawyer, uh, or go out of state for gender affirming care. Um, again, it's basically there are a lot of people that who want to kind of like erase transness and trans kids from non-white communities um, and act like it's just like a rich white problem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but for sure. And it's I. I like I don't know what it is about my account that caused this or maybe an or, or like who's likely to be on Twitter or it could be um, who's comfortable being somewhat public about being a trans family in Texas. Mm -hmm. But almost all um, I've had a bunch of lawyers reach out to me to offer help if somebody needs pro bono legal help in Texas uh, with with these proceedings. Um and I've had a bunch of families reach out to me. Um, I guess at some point I should talk about the thing that we started to like kind of connect these resources. But so far, as far as legal resources, no one has actually asked for any. Um, you, they, they are the um, families have reached out and kind of said that they are glad that resources maybe to move or other options, medical care some other um other um you know means of being helped are on the table but most of them almost all of them have could afford to already talk to a lawyer right um most of them are um somewhat wealthy and um uh you know what a lot of them uh you know have been really great in amplifying the fact that they're that's like you know, this sucks for us, but this sucks for us. And we have the means to hire an attorney. This sucks right. for us. And, you know, we could leave if we wanted to. And, you know, many, if not most families can, um, are, you know, are, are not in a position where they can do that. Right. I mean, that's always the, the thing that frustrates me so much about, I think sometimes like, liberal disc liberal or centrist discourse around these really horrific punitive state laws is like when people are like just move <laughs> why do you live in texas in the first place like do you know how hard like this we have like the worst economic inequality since the gilded age right and like the ability and you know in us in a lot of the the more conservative states wages are lower um, it is unimaginably difficult, especially if you have a family 
to move a family out of state to ostensibly a more expensive state is just it's just not realistic it's the same thing with like the um you know again it's very similar to uh the rhetoric i saw around the abortion bans but i do want to get to um the, the the organization to which you were alluding which began um you know as all great things do as a google doc um, <laughs> yeah and uh so on february 22nd uh you tweeted with some states essentially making it illegal to be trans below a certain age i had an idea for something based on abortion resources lists it's just a dumb spreadsheet, but, and then you linked to the spreadsheet. And it's not just a dumb spreadsheet, Lyra. Um, it basically, I mean, you, I would love to hear about the, the process of this, but, you know, it basically became in the span of what, 10 days, a, uh, you know, the trans family network, um, which is a whole, you know, website for, families of trans kids yeah it's um it's been pretty crazy and there are still a lot of things like uh bugs that are getting worked out and and can, like connections that are like still figuring out some of the logistics of some of this but essentially like a lot of people who listen to your podcast probably are already familiar with like you know there are lists being prepared in a lot of states and a lot of places to be able to kind of carpool people out of state for abortions mm -hmm. um, if need be. And lists like that existed um, before Roe v. Wade. And then interestingly, for a couple decades, America's abortion policies were more liberal than Canada's. So there were resource lists for Canadians to come get abortions in America. So funny. I mean, um, it's like funny in a it's way impossible that, to like picture, funny in yeah. a way that makes me want to cry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and see, like, obviously trans people aren't new and transphobia is not new, but it's really only been the last 10 to 20 years that there's even such a thing as, as families who are affirming. Do you, have you, are you familiar with Kim Petras? Yes. Um, she was first famous because when she came out at like 13, 14 and her parents were going to affirm her, it was international news. And this was like 2008, I want to say, maybe a little bit before then. But the reason the everything was previously so transphobic that you just didn't need laws to keep kids from transitioning. Um, and, and it's been the last 10, 15 years where you started having supportive parents and, and, and they should be supportive. Like, you know, it goes with kind of goes without saying, but the American medical association, basically every pediatric association, every, everything says that affirming care lowers the risk of suicide, you know, improves mental health outcomes is, you know, there's really very little downside. Um, and, um, so this this wave of anti-trans laws is new because previously they they didn't need to have laws um, to keep people closeted and scared. Right. We talked about this a little bit on the the episode last week that um, 
like bigotry in like legis <laughs> at the legislative level and certainly like this kind of really reactionary widespread bigotry is often a response to that group becoming more visible becoming you know kind of becoming more liberated gaining more rights um and it's so uh heartbreaking to see particularly because i don't know you know of the very visible trans people uh in american culture anyways um i think maybe save for caitlin jenner i don't think uh anyone has like made has you know made their life seem particularly easy or you know i the trans folks who are are household names at at this point are pretty beloved and um unproblematic for the most part and i think that has to play into it too i think it like makes these people see that trans people are like beloved in our culture <laughs> right and that's the um there, there are relatively few of us and and a lot of the reason at some point some transphobe or another i don't it wasn't jk rowling because she's less regular uh on her like releases of bullshit mm -hmm. but somebody had had talked about this being like a social, you know how like ADHD was supposedly really overdiagnosed in the nineties, but now yeah. they're, now they're thinking that might not have been the case that it was overdiagnosed, but that like, that there's like a hysteria of transness, you know, like kids are being influenced to be trans, which is bullshit. But I also, you know, I've pointed out that as far as cultural cachet, we don't have there. There are no elected um, federal officials who are trans. Mm -hmm. There are only a, a handful at the state level, um, two at the state level, and a, and a few in city councils and stuff like that. Um, and then I always say I struggle if you have me say ten trans celebrities, sure. you know, to list them. And then a lot of them are going to be so niche that like you know like. Natalie Wynn was I by the way that's on my resume that I've been on the same podcast as Natalie Wynn <laughs> but, uh, not at the same time but I don't have to say that oh, but she's, then, like yeah she's incredible she but, I, I I plug her her videos all the time but I'm gonna say that like Johnny Sizhet in South Dakota isn't running into a ContraPoints video unless he's like not so sis already you know that that a I lot of the I don't know you know, like I think I think I think if if Johnny Sishet already has a particular set of politics and he might already be like, I, I think that her videos would come up in the algorithm for someone who is like interested in political philosophy and things like that. But I but yes, largely you're right, even though she has like over a million subscribers, it's like it's clearly it's she's built an audience I, I think i'm you know i think it's like 
there's a uh, a healthy portion of, of cis men in there but you're, you're oh for sure but you're but absolutely like, right yeah but when i said when i said like that someone who like the idea that there are these pervasive figures in pop culture that people are seeing like there's like maybe laverne cox maybe yeah the wachowskis maybe or definitely caitlin caitlin jenner unfortunately <laughs> yeah. and then a lot of the other celebrities it's like if, if you did 10 the 10 most famous contrapoints is probably in there yeah. but it's also a particular slice of the population and then like kind of a bummer but if you did 100 there's a chance i'm in there just by having thirty thousand followers um <laughs> yeah and- i yeah i think i think that's that's a point a point well taken is that like well it's the same sort of thing uh that they they've done studies if um if a room is like 25 percent female people think it's uh like 75 percent or something like that like, yeah like they're a very concentrated representation like people just are like oh the trans folks are everywhere even right. though it's like trans people are half of you know half of one percent of the, that's like the estimate of the population yeah um probably more than that but like as far as visible trans people go yeah it's like you can name them on one one hand yeah and that's the uh because these laws are like relatively new as this reaction to the fact that there are visible trans people um a lot of the the activism networks are either they don't exist or they are disconnected Mm -hmm. uh and local and the the reason that trans family network came up was that i tweeted uh who i was basically like who has the list of resources the way they do with abortion who has that for trans people or like or for like affirming care in these states and the reaction was like no that doesn't exist and um you know there are a lot of nonprofits meeting trans people's needs in various ways and and then you know even big national nonprofits but that the idea that i had it in my head was just you know if 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 somebody is if a family is looking to leave texas for uh california or new york or 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 some other state where they'll be safer you know where is that network of some where is that list of people in california who've said yeah you can stay in my my spare house or whatever Mm -hmm. you know and um so i (laughs) yeah every liberal celebrity should be should be offering up their their guest house you know that sounded like i was making a joke i meant to say spare room but actually we have had like a few people be like i have had a few people say like that they have like a guest house or spare house like a beach house that some that some trans person could stay (laughs) okay well uh, go go off kings and queens no no that's that is that's (laughs) that's awesome but it also of like damn Um, yeah no no no. it's it's it is awesome yeah Um, i mean yeah if you if you have if you have the resources that's what you should be doing with it um so yeah so it started as this list with people individually emailing me um and so was this work this day at work where i was just answering all of these emails to add people to the list and uh so jalen bowers um i assume that she's okay with me having saying 
saying her name in this that she um messaged me and was like hey i you know i do like programming and stuff or at least you know with her it was just like i could make a google form for people to fill out which i know that that's like 101 shit <laughs> i could make this form and then it could populate the spreadsheet and then you wouldn't have to like manually be entering the emails mm-hmm. so like so uh that got started and then then she had a lot of ideas as far as um like making it into a website or an app um and then i had a uh a, a, a and another um, uh, techie trans, um, uh, Michaela Gallucci, I believe. I, I see their handles more than their names. And they are like really good friends of mine, but I don't know any of my friends' last names. So, um, uh, who was that's also- iconic. That is, it's, it's iconic to not know your friends' last names. <laughs> we're all just like Prince, you know? Wait. Yeah. We're all, no. Yeah, we're all mononyms. That's. That's the way to do it. Zendaya, um, but Prince. That's, yeah, exactly. I- iconic. Um, but so, so um, both of them are into te- like do techie things in different ways that I don't understand and really got to work on creating this as like an app because as soon as I people started reaching out for like media interviews and stuff like that as soon as I was doing the list. But the problem, I had no idea how to, I was thinking it was going to be relatively small Mm -hmm. and any legal or safety issues. I could just kind of feel out myself. Like, does this person seem legit? You know, am I connecting someone? Does this person seem predatory? You know, like all the the potential issues. Right. Like, cause is, is the person reaching out to me actually a transphobe who's like trying to do something? Yeah. The bad faith actors and all of that. Um, so, um, and then the, um, the last person to join was, um, uh, Lord though actually has, um, runs the trans peer network, which, um, it's a similar sort of platform, but particularly for connecting trans people with each other mm. and um, has just a lot of organizing and activism history that I didn't have. So I've been joking that now I know what like an Elon Musk feels like when he's <laughs> like, when he's like, yeah, I don't know, make a flamethrower or something. And you know, there's like a whole bunch of people who are way more smart, what, like what, who well, who, you know, just the point being that I, that I deserve credit for very little. I've worked really hard on it, but, you know, there's like, we've had like, they've pulled like multiple overnighters, putting it together, coming up with a system. I mean, um, you've, you've pulled a few all-nighters yourself, though, because when we... When we talked about setting up this interview, you were like, first of all, you were so sweet. You were ready to do it. But you were like, I didn't sleep last night. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "Okay, well, we can do it another time. It's not urgent. (laughs) Well, so my involvement doing this has um, I haven't had a specific trans family network um, all nighter. Um, It. My involvement doing this has made people ask, like, reach out asking legal questions or for legal help um, in connection with lawyers or even just like kind of communication. The, the, I'm in touch with a lot of families who don't need anything at the moment as far as resources, but who are like, I guess, 
keeping people on the outside sort of posted of what they're all thinking and what they're all hearing. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then I'm, I'm in a, a, a couple of different group chats and activism groups with other big trans accounts or other trans lawyers, the, the real trans lawyers, the ones that actually do the like civil rights litigation and everything. Um, so I've been working on like, on kind of a lot of different stuff as well as my usual stuff. So, but like I, so like I said, don't, deserve nearly as much credit for this um i mean but, i'm gonna get i'm gonna give you credit i'm giving you, you i'm gonna i'm giving you your flowers because this was i mean this was spawned by an idea that you had and a damn good one and i mean i i think yeah everyone involved in the trans family network of course deserves uh deserves credit but i you're being too modest is what i'm saying and this show is no place for modesty <laughs> I, I i appreciate it um you should have all of them on in turn to brag to <laughs> it's just it like it's just fucking amazing and like and the discussions we've had because i li like i don't know anything about tech so there's just been so much of me asking if something is a thing yeah like, i love that i i don't i also don't know anything about tech and i i'm with you sister i just like i i need i i would be so lost <laughs> it's the other thing that that <laughs> so because one of like michaela when she reached out at one point re referred to the, she was didn't she referred to the spreadsheet as cute when we were talking about like this next uh <laughs> like the next like phase of it oh my god um and i was and i was like yeah y'all are y'all are so much younger than me or whatever and i think i finally <laughs> asked their ages and they're all like a year or two younger so i just don't have any excuse why i don't know any of this shit. but um um so um yeah I, I, like i i i, I guess i should before like before you want to wrap up and, and kick me off i that i should talk about like you know what we've actually been doing which is we collect um uh so there's a there's a sign up form you come in you make an account and um you under your account you can be a what we call a supporter or what we call a hero the supporters are the ones who have resources to offer um, trans trans people, trans families, um, and the heroes are ones that are re requesting or looking for help. And it's it's very broad. Um, mm -hmm. uh, there's um, you know there's legal reasons not to ask the most like to try to narrow this down to the most specific possible means of help but it can be anything from a person wanting help getting their GoFundMe f like funded and the su the supporter all they do is just pay to that GoFundMe like they saw it on Twitter um up to higher levels of support you know including so offering rides transportation um we we do have medical professionals we do have lawyers um and the but unlike a spreadsheet they sign up um through this system where it's not visible unless you're searching to get um matched um right and even then 
we've sort of compared it to Airbnb, or at least that's how they dumbed down, explained it to me, which is, you know, that you don't get any identifying information of another person until both sides have been um, vetted. Yeah. Uh, uh, and um, the more, the more of a potential of privacy exposure or, or safety issue um, that a, that contact would entail the higher the level of um, verification, you know, that it, it, you can go up and sign, sign up there with no information whatsoever and give money to somebody's GoFundMe. But um, if you're talking about letting somebody stay in your guest house, then <laughs> there's going to be a little bit more like, yeah, you know, like work and checking that out. But um, and we are still figuring out some of the match um, it, situation, but, but I, I, I do want to encourage any su supporters is what we're calling the people giving support. Heroes is what we're calling the people requesting it just because it's so we couldn't come up with any other word, you know, that like, especially having talked yeah. to some of these trans families in Texas. Um, and uh, that's, that's really what, bro what broke my heart um, that day was seeing parents of trans kids um, on Twitter, like talking about how scared they were. The um the night in particular where I didn't sleep and uh and you and I were texting, <laughs> um I was talking really late with a um with a mom of a trans kid about how you know scared shitless they are. Um and uh it's uh it, it, yeah, it's really it's really awful. And yeah, I, if there's any kind of encouraging news, although I, I always feel like that Mr. Rogers look for the helpers thing Rick can ring sort of hollow. But yeah, we have had at this point. So between the spreadsheet and the and the, the actual signups, um, there are a maximum of of uh, somewhere over 300 um, people who've signed up as supporters. Um, and, uh, there's probably some overlap there, so it's probably less than that, but we, we've had quite a bit of, um, of people wanting help really only, um, a couple, uh, I'd say probably a couple dozen, um, that were had, were seeking help. And so far, a lot of that has been fairly nonspecific as far as, um, like seeking money or just wanting to know somebody in a state in case they feel they need to go. Um, and uh, so w we've had lots of time to figure out how to make the connections because no one's urgently needed the connections yet. You know, people who've reached out needing legal help, I just have directed, like I have connected them directly rather than making them go through any kind of right. like match process for that. But um, the amount of support has been amazing. And I can't tell like, please, when you, whenever you post this, you, there's, you know, Lambda law and it, sorry, Lambda legal in Texas and in, um, and, uh, ACLU, Texas tent, which is an organization, um, um, that people are plugging a lot, you know, donate to those 
nonprofits. First, we are not any kind of like, we are not in that league. We are a platform for matching the et cetera's, the people that have some sort of need that's, um, that, that there's not an organization to look out for, you know, and even Mm -hmm. um, Lambda Legal has, they have a resource list of pro bono attorneys that like, we're not going to say no to anybody signing up to give some kind of help, but we don't pretend that we are the specialists for that. And we, you know, we don't pretend any um, like special knowledge and, and there's such amazing people in Texas doing the work, fighting the fight that we would never want to take attention away from them. Um, but the response has also been overwhelming that because, you know, there are a lot of things people have to offer that are not just, um, you know, maybe they don't have the money, they don't have money to give, but they have advice to give because, you know, they've raised a trans child in another state, you know, maybe it's some like moral support. We, we've had a lot of, uh, uh, offers of surrogate moms, basically, you know, uh, 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 for, um, adult trans people trying to leave these states just from the misery of it. Um, I should clarify that, that, um, we have put it in place that no, no minors are, are, are being connected to any resources other than like websites for the, for nonprofits that are right. equipped to handle minors. We're not connecting minors to, to other people. Um, and the, the, if a, if a minor is looking on behalf of their family, we encourage them to have their, their you know, family reach out. Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, this is such, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's still, I know it's still kind of like nascent at this point, uh, in terms of, of what it will be, but, um, this is like such an incredible resource that you made come about. And I, you know, I think many of the people in my life, I know who are trans, um, transitioned as adults. Um, my, my cousin was the first trans person I ever knew. He transitioned probably in 2007, 2008. Um, and he didn't have, he didn't have support from his immediate family. Uh, and again he was he was fully and it it's just like seeing how hard it is for adults to go through transitioning i just it to say that it like breaks my heart to to see what people the punitive me- measures that people want to take against trans kids who are already so vulnerable right um, just destroys me i just i like oh man it really, uh, yeah, it really, it's just so deeply upsetting and I'm so glad that there are people like you and the, you know, all the, all the people who helped create the Trans Family Network who are, and you know, as you said, like all the people doing the work in Texas, 
Um, I think it's so important and I just, I, you know, the mark of any society is how we treat the most vulnerable people and we are failing (laughs) on a societal level, on a systemic level. Um, but I, I, I hope that, that I know that individual action and, um, mutual aid can pay dividends and create a lot of change. So that is, that's my, my hope for the future is that that grows into something more systemic from the ground up. And on that level, you know, I would encourage people to that it's transfam.net. This has the .net because of the network thing, not because it's 20 years old. But um, we love it. Transfam- yeah. Trans family network, transfam.net. Um, I think it's but, cute. Oh, thanks. I gave it a worse name at first and, and <laughs> they just kind of everyone else kind of decided to ignore me and and thank god <laughs> they're but like the, uh, mom get out of my room yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> they're like a year and a half older than them but the um and then the the trans peer network um for uh you know for trans people who are are, are seeking more of you know the the traditional kind of um connection and support among among trans people it, it perform it performs like a, a, a similar um, service and is also amazing. And then there's also, um, I would recommend, um, uh, uh, it's st- at step up for trans kids, or it's actually at step up for trans, but, and also it's transformations project.org, uh, which, um, it's a website that aggregates all of the anti-trans bills at any given time. Mm-hmm. It also lists who the legislators are. It makes it just very easy to find out, to, um, like log on, go to your state, find out what phase of the process a bill in your state is in, um, you know, who the sponsors are, who your um, legislators that represent you are, and just like, and their contact information so that you can make calls. Um, we really need people stepping up. And and as much as I, I really believe in the, the the potential of uh, mutual aid here, and I believe in the ACLU and 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 uh, tent and 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 uh, the transgender legal defense and education fund. All, all these, as much as I believe in in them on the the bigger scale, and us on just kind of the smaller scale, um, there's just there's just not enough of us. Um, there's not enough trans people. To equal the amount of cis transphobes that there are mm-hmm. um yeah and it is only i mean the backlash that we that we discussed earlier is i mean that shows up in the it's not just for the t and lgbt it's also i mean yeah the don't the don't say gay bill uh it's like you know we talk about this on the show a lot has there like gay rights there has been no faster moving social um issue in the past 50 years probably right um and i just think that these reactionary 
I, I, I have to hope that these reactionary pieces of legislation are like a dying star or the last gasp of conservative social conservatism. Um, I, I don't like that's the moment. That's my most optimistic view when I see, you know, I, I saw, I think you retweeted it that Abigail Schreer's, um, horrific book that we, we have referenced on the show a number of times before, uh, irreversible damage uh yeah (laughs) she there was a a billboard for it outside of san francisco um being like read this book and it's the that's where the terminology like gender hysteria comes from like that and someone like her who holds degrees from like these prestigious universities it's you know, kind of trying to dress up these really ghoulish views in academic language. Um, And just on a personal, uh, for a personal side about Abigail Schreer is that her whole conceit, because she acts like she is fine with trans adults, and she's not either she's not that either because in that book i haven't read it i've just i've only read excerpts from it but she misgenders adult trans people yeah so and she like acknowledges their age and that they are an adult and then she's like like she was like her pronouns are they them (laughs) right that's Yeah, that's par for the, the par for the course. That's like with and with like the J.K. Rowling shit. She's really insistent that she's not transphobic. And, you know, I don't know what to tell somebody if they think that transphobia is something other than what trans people say it is, because yeah. it's kind of a catch 22 situation that because either trans trans people are right and that is transphobia or you think the entire trans community as a whole are liars and are lying yeah. what, about what they don't like which i would argue is maybe you a transphobe would call that rational transphobia but it's certainly not a like a it it's certainly not a lack of uh horrible thoughts about a, an entire yeah community and like yeah, I don't nope. like I don't care if you want to dress it up and call yourselves like gender critical. It's you're a turf. <laughs> yeah. That's the um Oh man, it's it is I always joke that someone who's who's saying, you know, what even is gender? They're either six months from coming out from trans or six minutes away from saying something deeply transphobic. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's these because they make it into these like really dead end arguments of like, well, what even is a woman? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what even coinc- is a man? <laughs> it's not a coincidence that these the trans anti trans laws are new, but the conventional wisdom was that LGBT right or sorry LGB rights were safe because that's we've already figured right. that out right right and right, the, right and certainly more than that I it is very frustrating to have been through law school to have some very ostensibly far left but cis male constitutional law professors saying 
abortion will always be legal in America. You know, like that 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 maybe it will, it will be wheedled down, but it could just never happen that Roe v. Wade was turned overturned outright. And it's not a coincidence that like the people attacking trans rights because they know that that there are inroads with that, with that because it's new that then that becomes the don't say gay laws that that those are also the same people with the attacks on um with the attacks on abortion it's just like all forms of of body autonomy are abhorrent to them and like, i mean our last like people's memories are so short our last vice president was like a proponent of conversion therapy right right like and, and barack two years obama, ago <laughs> barack obama like had to do soul searching and praying before supporting gay marriage in like 2010 like it's not yeah oh yeah it's i mean this is yeah this is what i was talking about it's like in terms of it, it in 2004 it was kind of political suicide to align yourselves align yourself with gay marriage and then it was legal at the federal level in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no, I, I don't wanna, you know, there's no excuse for these, it's just like, it's these last desperate grasps at trying to hold on to some semblance of controlling people that they don't even care about to begin with right and that's or or, or even believe that they exist and yeah you know I, I used to think that this was a breed of of bigot that was dying out on its own you know yeah. i'm that horrible kind of white liberal that obama was elected and thought racism was probably more or less over in america yeah but i but so when I say that they're dying out, they're dying out and also are able to exercise every lever, level of power. But, you know, I do believe the arc of history bends towards justice, but it only does when people fucking bend it, you know, yeah, when people exactly. are, are pushing it. And, and um, that's why it's so important to, to, to donate to organizations, to volunteer, to help, um, to make those calls to, to legislators and as you've said, as you were saying about that, that backlash and that reaction, you know, I'm always telling other trans people that the reason that I stay optimistic, I mean, part of it is that I'm a lawyer, I'm close to this shit, and I'm very privileged in comparison to even most adult trans people, let alone a, a trans kid, but that 10 fucking years ago, they didn't need laws to keep us scared and in the closet, you mm -hmm. know, and, and there are, was it hundred and I lost count at 120 fucking bills on the docket this, this year that are anti-trans. And it's because it, it like, it's because we are winning. They yeah. know that we are winning. They wouldn't need that if they weren't winning They're It's because they're fucking scared and they, mm -hmm. frankly, they ought to be, they yeah, should they, be. Yeah. I think that's such and you just gave me chills talking about that. Um, I, I think that's absolutely correct. Um, and 
I, yeah, I would encourage, I'm certainly going to see how I can get involved. I um, encourage all of our listeners, we will link all the resources that Lyra discussed um, over the course of this episode in the show notes. Um, And as, you know, as we talked about, the people on the other side of this are fucking serious. Um, They want, they want to see trans people, gay people, all manner of LGBT plus folks suffer. So we have to be equally fucking serious. Right. Right. And you know, like speaking of Texas, I moved to Texas to go to rehab in 2010. I've been homeless in, in Texas. I have like been on the streets in active addiction in Texas you know, and now I'm one of the first trans lawyers at a major firm. And I bring this fucking up because, because I went to law school with all those, those, those bigots who've had it easy their whole life. And, Mm -hmm. and, and that kind of hate it, it wields all the levels of power, but it is cowardly. It is stupid. And we will fucking win if we fight. Well, I can't think of a better note to end the show on Lyra. You are cool as shit. No, no, no. (laughs) You are cool as hell, and you are now my personal attorney. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's how that works. Cool. Um, that's the law. Sorry, you've been on my podcast, and you're a lawyer, so you're now my my personal counsel. Yeah. Um, this has been such an edifying conversation. Um, you've given me so much to think about and also a lot of things to be you know, to feel motivated about and, and hopeful for the future that hopefully we can, um, you know, protect trans kids in the future from having to deal with this fucking garbage. Um, so, uh, where can folks find you before we leave? Well, uh, I'm at, at pink ranger LB on, uh, Twitter again, when it's not, when the legislatures aren't in session, it's all fucking Lord of the Rings jokes. And then, <laughs> um, and, um, uh, and then transfam.net um, is uh, the closest thing I have to a website, I guess. Hell yeah. And I also saw that you were, um, that you tweet about euphoria too, which is important. And mm-hmm. yeah, um, none of my attempted euphoria memes have gotten any traction. So. <laughs> um but yeah lyra is a a great follow on twitter um check out the trans family network uh donate your time and your money if you have if you have it to um all the resources that we that we discussed again we'll we'll link them all in the show notes um lyra thanks so much for coming on this has been a hell of an episode thank you i'm sorry for making you go so long oh we love to go long. We go nuts for it. I've, but I've, you're the only podcast I've ever listened to that has that has had like a normal length episode. I feel like. But, oh yeah, we try. Well, we try. Yeah, we try for the sake of our of our listeners to do like maybe thirty to forty five. But who gives a shit? We we're going <laughs> long. Who gives a shit? You ever, you're you're everybody. You're listening right now. If you're listening, you made it to the end, and this is your 
This is your punishment. We went we went very long on a on a worthy topic, you jackals. All right. Um, anyways, Lyra, thanks so much. Uh, would love to have you on again uh, soon, hopefully to talk about something a little happier or uh, I don't know. I don't know if that'll exist. I got a lot of other trans lawyers that I'm trying that I, that that y'all need to talk to too. Oh, so. oh yeah, oh yeah. You, she, Lyra, gave us an amazing list of. Uh, of other trans lawyers to to reach out to and we are super excited to talk to them as well so i mean a great episode front to back thanks so much and uh thanks everybody for listening uh fuck greg abbott (laughs) thank you so much for listening to reply guys If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash reply guys, where we have a catalog of over 25 bonus interviews with renowned writers, journalists, and comedians with an additional episode uploaded each week. The show is hosted by Kate Willett and me, Julia Clare. Our producer is Genevieve Garrity. Our theme song was performed by Emily Fremgen, who wrote the song with Kate Willett. Our artwork is by Adrian Lobel. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's. And I'm at O Julia Tweets, O-H Julia Tweets. And Twitter is where you can, of course, also find our reply guys. They are always with us. Bernie, take us out. Walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land.